The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. My name is Brooke. I am on staff with Young Life. I'm the Young Life College Director here at UW. So I get the pleasure of being with you guys tonight. But as we get started, we're going to get to know each other a little bit. And so what I want you to do is to turn to the person next to you, maybe two or three. Um, stand up. Get to know somebody else. Walk around. Um, meet. Okay, so disregard what I just said. Don't talk to people next to you. Stand up. Meet somebody new. <laughs> I contradicted myself. And share the last vacation you went on. Wherever you went, what you did, what it was like. All right, get up. Go. All right, you can all take a seat. Take a seat. <laughs> Come back. Awesome. Um, I'm just curious. Anyone's last vacation out of the country? Oh, where did you go? Where? Oh, whoa. Anybody else? Far away? Where'd you go? Whoa, fun. Dang. Well, my last vacation was to the exotic San Diego, California, just a few weeks ago. Um, I went down for a week with Chris and then our friends Thomas and Megan, and it was just like I, we'd all been working all summer. I don't go on a ton of vacations, so this was like I get to go for a week and go somewhere, and I had this just great expectation of San Diego and the sun and the beach, and I mean, as many of you might imagine, that was my expectation. The whole week was just going to be hanging out on the beach in the sun, and it was going to be fantastic. Um, slightly different than I expected. Get off the plane and it's like cloudy and kind of like high 60s, low 70s. Meanwhile, in Seattle, it's like 85, 90. And it's like, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> okay. And so just kind of go through the day and we're like, all right, this is today. Wake up the next day. Same thing. Low 70s, really cloudy. And it was just a quick like, all right, going to readjust my expectations. Maybe we won't be at the beach all the time, but that's okay. It's still fun. Um, and to, to San Diego's defense, we were staying in La Jolla, which to my understanding is like the hill there. Great, I don't really know the landscape. As we got away from La Jolla, there would be sun and it would be nice, nicer by, by the beach. Still not like Seattle, but it was okay. I just need to adjust my expectations. And then, honestly, what happened, we got to explore more, go to some coffee shops, which I love doing. We got to hang out with Kelly, who's an intern this last year with the Inn, which was so fun. And so we just got to do things that we maybe wouldn't have done had we just been sitting at the beach all day, every day. But trip was still restful. It was just different. Um, how many of you have had a similar expectation or a similar experience where you just like adjust your expectation, whether it's with a vacation or just like oftentimes when I think of the weekend, I'm like, oh, this weekend I'm going to whatever, play volleyball or go hang out or just kind of do nothing. But then the metaphorical cloud comes in. <laughs> And you just have to change what you're doing. Um, anybody else have similar feelings like that or have had feelings like that? Yes. So I think it doesn't mean things are bad. It just means they're different. And you just kind of have to change. Um, I want us to carry that same idea into tonight as we read about Jesus and how he gets away, how he rests, um, how he spends time kind of getting rejuvenated, um, and how it matches up with what our idea of rest looks like. Um, this series of summer has been Come, Follow Me, where we've been looking at how we get to know Jesus and learn how to be more like him through his leadership. 
Uh, so with that, we're going to jump into it, and we're going to go straight into John 17. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of context, because um, we're not going to read through the whole chapter, but we're going to read through segments. The whole thing is a prayer. And Jesus is sitting with, he's been sitting with his 12 disciples. They've been having a meal together, and his kind of final last words to them of encouragements and affirmations and just building them up. And then he ends the time at this dinner by saying a prayer in front of them. So we're going to talk through aspects of the prayer, paying attention to how Jesus interacts with God. We will look at some of the specific words he says, but mainly his relationship with the Father. So this is the beginning of John 17, verses 1 through 5, which say, after saying all these things, all the encouragements around the table, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. So the beginning of this prayer maybe seems kind of weird. Jesus sitting in front of his friends. Can you imagine sitting at a table with your friends, but then praying about yourself in front of your friends <laughs> and being like, Lord, give, give her strength. And like kind of talking about yourself in third person-esque. It's just, if you look at it, it's kind of weird <laughs> wording. But the point I want us to derive from it is that Jesus desires to be with God. In this prayer, he, he's praying for himself, but he wants to be close to God. He desires that oneness. He wants to go and physically be with him. And in this, we see that Jesus and God are one. They have a relationship. And that, I want us to pay attention to that and consider the fact that Jesus was yet, yes, he was fully God, but as a man, he was fully human. And he spent time building a relationship with God to get to this point, to have this vulnerable oneness of a prayer. And as he developed that relationship, he began to know his identity as the son and so that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking through more about how we spend time with God, how we understand the presence of God in our lives. So I want to tell you guys about something I experienced recently. And so this is my personal experience, kind of how I've interacted with God. And it makes me passionate about talking about this tonight, about how we spend time and rest with the Lord. So earlier this summer, for a month, I was out at Washington Family Ranch, which is a Young Life property down in Oregon. Woohoo! And <laughs> for... Being on Young Life staff, we spend a month at a Young Life camp in my job. I was a summer staff coordinator. All that means is I was working with college students, making sure they got to their job, making sure they woke up, if they were sick, making sure they were okay. Also, like spiritually mentoring them and things like that. But majority of my time was I was with college students. And there's many aspects of this that I could talk about. I could talk about the campers. I could talk about the team. I could just talk about being away from this city for a while, but I'm going to hone in on like a sliver of my experience to share with you guys. So this isn't the whole experience in totality, just a little bit of it, but it's an amazing and life-giving experience. But as you can imagine, it's 30 days straight of working for those of you that experienced it. And it's not like nine to five. It's like sun up to past sundown <laughs> every day working and it's exhausting. And so some of you have experienced it. You've either done summer staff or work crew, but for those who haven't, I'm going to throw up a brief <laughs> picture of just a weekly schedule of what it looks like to be out at the ranch for a month. You can't even read it. <laughs> when you look at it, you can't even read it. That's just one week. And you can kind of see, like, 
it's just like almost hour by hour of what you're doing every day. And you can, I, I looked at that and I still look at that and think, what the heck is that? <laughs> like you can't see it, but day four, espresso opens at 7.30. Lord knows I'm at espresso, so I will be there. And then it doesn't stop until 11 p.m. That is a full day <laughs> of just work, work the whole time. And it's insanity, but you can take that down because it's overwhelming for me to look at. Um, <laughs> flashbacks. But I could look at that and think, okay, where am I supposed to do my job? How am I supposed to do one-on-one -on -one times with these summer staff girls? Another thing I look at that and I think, where am I supposed to, like, where am I going to spend time by myself? I'm an introvert. I need time alone to kind of rejuvenate. When I look at that schedule, I don't see, I don't see time for that. But then also, where am I going to spend time with God? There's like team meetings in there and there's group times, but where am, I, where am I spending time resting like Jesus did with God? Does anyone, anyone relate to that feeling at all? It's like I have class, I have school, I volunteer, I work out, I have my small group, I maybe have a social life. Like you just have so many things and that feeling of, when you look at your week and think, okay, well, where, where does my time with God prioritize there? And at least for me, I'll speak for myself, I know that that time can slip out so easily. I can just sacrifice it for more sleep, a longer conversation with someone, and it just quickly goes out the window. But the experience I had while on assignment, I'm going to go back to that, while I was out at Washington Family Rants, was really transformative in my faith this summer. I know I needed time to rest, and I know I needed that time with Jesus, or else... I was just going to kind of limp across the finish line. Um, and so I'm just going to talk to you guys about some of the aspects that helped me a ton that summer, and maybe we'll just be insights into what you guys could experience in your relationship with Jesus. Um, start up, but each morning, I would just walk by myself into camp. And I would get up, and it's like a 10-minute walk from where I was staying to where camp was. And as I was walking, I would pray. But I wouldn't just pray. I was... And I've been trying this for a while, but I'm in this practice of like imagining Jesus walking next to me, just like my friend. And so I would walk with him like from where we were staying into camp and just talk to him and tell him what I was like excited about for the day, what I was nervous about, if there was a conversation I didn't want to have, or just like what I needed from him. And as I walked, I would just talk to him and then sometimes just like imagine him like putting his arm around me and being like, hey, we're doing this, like we're in this together. We're walking, or he would like hold my hand if I was like emotional or something, which happens <laughs> a lot for me. But so as cheesy as that sounds, like I would imagine Jesus there walking with me. So that was one aspect of the month that just like I've tried to take that back home with me. But another was like actually spending time in the Bible every day. Part of what we would do as an assignment team was we were reading a chapter of Matthew every day, and whether I got up and spent two to ten minutes reading it or was reading it while I was walking or was reading it in a little break or reading it in the meetings with people. Matter of the fact was I was in that, I was in the word every day and it was coming into my mind and Jesus' truth was coming into my mind and now I get to talk about it with people. But each day it looked different but every day I was getting time with God. And then what came from that is I started discovering that my prayers as I was walking and just like my imagination started going more wild. Things would become way more vivid, way more intense, and honestly, way more natural. And as I was walking through camp, I'd just be praying, and as I made eye contact with the awkward camper, or like saw someone sitting off by themselves, like I would just find myself praying for them. But 
I don't know what Jesus was awakening in me, but it was like, felt like real, honest prayers. Of not just praying for them, but being like rivers of peace over that person. Or like chains being broken, chains of lies being broken, or like fires being stoked inside that person, like passion for Jesus, and like praying, praying for them. I wouldn't, I'd have time, wouldn't know their names. But then watching how conversations came from those prayers, whether it was a summer staff or other staff, just Jesus would open up doors for me to have conversations and hear about actual weights being lifted and getting to talk through that and honestly step into the, like, quote-unquote, worlds of these students. They're from all across the country, and some of them I don't know before I get there. I meet their name, and I'm learning it the entire first week. But then they open up to me, and I get to step into their world as I've been praying for them. And that, I want to bring us back into John 17, this prayer that Jesus is praying, because he goes from praying for himself to praying for his disciples. And this is what he says in front of, in front of his friends. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Jesus prays for us to remain in the world, to stay in it. And when we spend, rest, spend time resting with God and spend time in his word, knowing his truth, then he equips us to go into the world and to step into what he has called us to. And there's an invitation in all this from Jesus to be his people in this world of chaos. And so I wanna, what I want to do is I want to pause for a second and have everyone close your eyes. And I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions. I just want you to pay attention to what you picture and what you feel as you go through this. What is the world that you are living in? Where do you wake up in the morning? Are you in a sorority, fraternity, an apartment? What's the environment like around you in this space? Is it peaceful? Is it hectic? In your living space, who is around you? Picture their faces. Now think bigger. Think about the neighborhood around you. Think about the streets and the houses that you walk by in a normal day. Think about the culture of that place. What's the environment like? How do you feel walking through it? Now imagine walking through your house and the streets with your palms open. You could even try right now opening your palms in your lap as you imagine this if you want to. But imagine waking up and walking through those spaces and listening to God's prompting. Imagine Jesus there next to you. How do you feel? Who does Jesus put in front of you? Where does he take you to? Imagine him in your living situation, in the streets and in this neighborhood. How do you talk to him? 
How does he talk to you? You can open your eyes. I don't know how you all felt during that, um, but I know that as I've done those exercises or spent time imagining, sometimes I feel scared or there is a sense of fear of the unknown because I don't, I don't really know what's going on or what, where my thoughts are leading me, but it sits in tandem with me with this certainty and peace that in all of it, Jesus is there with me. And that brings a huge comfort because of the character of who he is. Time with God equips us to go into the world and step into what God calls us to do. And so next I want to talk about the how of that. So we're spending time with God. How does that play out? Again, I want to share from my experience. Um, being on Young Life staff, I'm expected to take a quote-unquote day away each month. And that's just where on a work day from 9 to 5, I turn off my phone, I close my laptop, and I go. I don't stay at home. I don't go into the office. And I go and I spend time with God. And each time, it's kind of an experiment of what that looks like for me. But I'll say most of the time, I end up journaling. Or I'll, before I go, I print off some sort of prayer exercise or something to kind of guide my thoughts. But I journal through recent events or recent things that have gone on in my life, and I just cast my prayers and anxiety to Jesus. Um, I spend time in nature. I'll pray, go on a prayer walk or whatever, just kind of sit. I will sometimes try and draw and be artistic, or I'll listen to worship, like look through lyrics of worship songs. But point is, often, often what I do during this time and what I love is I will go and I'll sit on a bench or I'll sit in the grass and literally have nothing in my hands. I'll have my phone, I won't bring my journal, my pen, I won't bring my water bottle, I'll just like nothing and just go and sit and exist in front of Jesus. It's incredibly freeing and it's, a, it's just such a wonderful feeling to be without distraction, to be without social media, to be without even what can be good distractions, to just sit with my thoughts and to sit with Jesus And then here's an interesting thought I had. Like, can you imagine Jesus in his time, if he was going to go, like, quote-unquote, spend time with God each time, like, packing up his, like, knapsack, I don't know, with, like, his scroll and, like, other readings and, like, a water canteen, I don't know, like, I don't even know what they write with, like, impressing leather, I don't know. Can you imagine him, like, each time he went to go spend time with God, to be like, okay... Got to get all my things and got to go find the right spot and, like, have all the right things. No. No. Jesus went alone without distraction, without things, to be in the presence of the Father. And that's what, that's what I want us to look at. That's what I want us to lean into is do we do that and how do we do that? And it looks unique for each of us. Um, but the most vital time of that, most vital part of that time for me is the truth I receive in that moment of sitting with nothing in my hands about who I am. Jesus, I'm able to sit free of distractions and A, hear the lies that I've been believing, but also hear the truth about who I am. There's no doubt that as we read Jesus' prayers and we've read through them, like he knows who he is. He knows his identity as the son because he has spent time with the father. He spent time receiving that truth. And that is like the game changer in having this day away 
which I wish I did more than once a month, but I can do daily of just sitting without anything in my hands and receiving the truth about who I am. And that's the invitation that we get as well as followers of Jesus. There's a verse um, in Mark 2 that says, you can put it up if you have it. It says, the Sabbath, Sabbath meaning like day of rest, was made to meet the needs of the people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. What we see in this is that we need this time with Jesus, and we were created to have this free, uninhibited space with Jesus. And I want to tie this back to the beginning with our expectations, because a key factor in all this is to let down our expectations of what that time looks like. I know I've had ideas about my alone, like one-on-one time with God and been like, okay, I'm going to go to a coffee shop. I have this spot by the window. There's the natural light. I have my nice coffee and my journal and my Bible, and there's nice, subtle music that's kind of like Ben Howard-esque, like kind of low-key. And I just get to kind of sit, and I get as much time as I want. But let's be real. Like, what happens when there's no parking? (laughs) Or I get there, and all the window spots are taken or they are playing loud music, or I sit down next to the loud people, or last week I went down to Zoka, their espresso machine was broken. How am I supposed to spend time with God when the espresso machine is broken? (laughs) This is blasphemy. Just kidding. It's not. Um, But really it's having open expectations of what that time of rest looks like, and that has been a journey for myself as well, of saying, okay, I'm going to go and explore new ways that I interact. And that has involved, as I said earlier, like going on walks, trying to do artistic things, like trying to explore just different ways. So maybe a side note, but an encouragement in here is like talk to each other about how you spend time with the Lord. That could be a good question for each other. How do you hear from God? How do you spend time? What does that look like for you? And then try something new. And I'll just say it, try and turn off your phone and leave it at home and go without it. But that's just my opinion. Um, Jesus was close to God, and we can do that too. I don't know if this is super helpful, but I have just a little. These are kind of three things we've been talking about. Being with God, spending time, resting with him, leads to knowing his voice, knowing what he says about us, knowing what he says about other people, and what's going on in the world. And then that Doing those, he equips us to go into the world. And Jesus ends his prayer in front of his disciples. So he's prayed for himself, he's prayed for his disciples, and then at the end of his prayer, he prays for all people. And he says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Guys, the beautiful end to this prayer 
Jesus' desire for all of us to be one, to be unified. This is the Jesus we know here at the end. One who brings glory to the Father through love and acceptance and unity. And I'll say right now that as Mike and Chris talked about, like things going on in the world and things in Charlottesville, those are heartbreaking. And then, like, from my opinion, standing here, just disgraceful. And they're blatant outward expressions of the kind of hatred that has existed and shouldn't be tolerated. And so the Jesus that I've come to know and that we're talking about here and that at least I've spent time with is one that I believe is for all people and is being revealed to all people. And that being said, when we as believers spend time with God, we learn the character of his voice and his truth over us, and not just over us, but over our friends around us and over all people, over the world, we start to learn who he is, his character, and what he says about those around us. It spurs us towards love and not hate. And it spurs us towards true reconciliation, not violence. And I believe that there's no time like now for us as a community to be present with reality and step forward in this kind of unity that Jesus desires, this unity of believers. To love our neighbors, to fight for justice, and we all need to stand up against what is wrong and stand together for what is right. And you don't have to travel places to do that, is what I want us to remember, is that Jesus has you here in this neighborhood, and as we prayed earlier, and you sat and you imagined the streets you walked through, like, he has you here. And I think a question for you to ask yourself is, where is he calling you? And how are you walking forward as a light in this city and being proactive and not reactive? Because we need it. And I believe that we as a community can do that. Jesus, as we see in that prayer, loves you. He loves you so much. And he wants to spend time with you. He's created you to spend that time with him. And he wants you come and spend time with him. And if anyone, I don't know, I just, if anyone is sitting here feeling like, crap, I haven't done that in a long time, or I don't do that, or I don't know how to do that, or I haven't read my Bible, or even know Jesus, or any of those things, if I've learned anything about Christ, is that his mercies are new every morning. He has fresh grace for us every morning. And that is a lie to sit here and think that you are not good enough to go spend time with the Father. That's not true. So I want to dispel that. And the enemy wants you to sit here in shame, but that's not Jesus. There's a great invitation here from Jesus tonight to spend time with him, to know him, to know what he says about you and about the world around you, and then he gives you the courage to go. Go into the world. So I'm going to pray to end our time. And of course, if you want to talk to me, about different ways or new ways or unique ways you could spend time with God or if you just feel stuck in a certain way, come and talk to me or any of us on staff. We don't have all the answers (laughs) to questions, but we want to talk and we want to dream with you and we want to think creatively with you. Um, So come, ask us questions. But with that, uh, I'm going to pray and then the band can come on back up. Jesus, I thank you so much for tonight, and I thank you for who you are. God, I pray that we as a community would seek out the invitation that you extend to us to spend time with you. Jesus, I pray that as we seek true rest in you, that you would reveal to us more about who you are, 
about the people around us and about the places you're calling us into in this world. God, I thank you that you are gracious and have created us to need that time with you. Please be with this community. God, give us your grace and guidance and comfort as we go from this place. And allow us to be people marked by you, moving forward with the confidence that you walk with us. Jesus, we love you so much. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.